But we're going to continue our sermon series this morning um, uh, called On Earth as it is in Heaven, basically taking that passage where Jesus was asked by his disciples to say, hey, teach us to pray, Jesus. And in that prayer that Jesus told him, he says, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many of us know that. Many of us have maybe memorized that. Or maybe you're here today and you've never heard of that. But that was part of the prayer that Jesus actually taught when his disciples said, hey, we see you praying, Jesus. Teach us to pray. And he taught them this prayer. But that part of the prayer, make your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We say that and we've prayed that, but do we really mean that? Do we really understand what that means? That doesn't mean we're just going to sit here and endure all the stuff that happens in life. Or are we actually, till we get to heaven, are actually going to try to bring heaven to earth? I think that's what Jesus was really talking about. And we all have an opportunity to do that. Matter of fact, I believe that's why we're created to do that. So I want to start with a story. Um, I grew up going to uh, church camp, and I loved it. It really connected with me. I had a lot of fun there, met a lot of neat people. It, it really helped solidify for me um, really becoming a minister at camp because I saw my ministers not dressed like this behind the pulpit, but I saw them throwing me in the lake off the dock, um, sweating in a uh, cabin like I was sweating like a cabin, but going, you know what? These guys don't just say this stuff about Jesus. They really believe it. Why else would they be here at camp with me this whole week? Because we were not exactly easy to deal with sometimes. And so that made a real impression on me. But I remember one camp several years ago. It was a guy named Mike Wares that James had come speak to us at camp. James was my youth minister, y'all. Did y'all know that? And uh, Mike was from another church. He's still preaching today down in Milledgeville. And I remember Mike took an egg and held it up, and he dropped it. And then he says, I need a volunteer to come and put this egg back together for me. And we all went, what? And we started laughing. You know, we're campers, and we're just laughing. Like, that's impossible, Mike. Nobody can put an egg back together. And um, uh, basically what he was trying to say, he says, those are like our words. Once we put our words out there, sometimes our words make a mess, don't they? And we can clean the egg mess up, but we cannot, you know, it's like Humpty Dumpty, you can't be putting back together again. You know, you, you can't put that egg back together again. And sometimes our words, we just throw it out there because of anger or whatever, frustration, and all of a sudden there's a mess there. And we can't take those words back, can we? We can clean up the mess, but we can't take our words back. Now, I don't remember how old I was, but that simple illustration of the egg being dropped has stuck with me all of my life. And that doesn't mean I haven't said stupid things and had to try to clean it up, because I have. But I do remember that illustration because Mike made it in simple terms for me to understand the Word of God. And so Jesus, probably all of you have some kind of illustration that somebody in your life has said to you in a simple form that you remember to this day. Am I not right? Probably all of us go, yeah, I remember when my mom or my dad, my grandfather, my coach, my teacher, somebody at camp did this illustration. And to this day, I remember that illustration because it was simple and it connected me with the truth of God's word through a simple illustration. And that's exactly why Jesus was such a great teacher. He was a master at this with the parables and teaching those parables. But as we've looked at in the last few weeks through these parables, Jesus 
was really using these first set of parables in his ministries to talk about the kingdom of God, or as Matthew says, the kingdom of heaven. He says the kingdom of God is like, and he would put two things side by side and said, look at this, this is what it's like. And so Jesus was challenging people to truly understand God's kingdom, his way of responding to life, his way of living life. And the key to understanding his kingdom is to realize that God's kingdom is very different, very different than human-led kingdoms. It works very differently than human-led kingdoms work. That overpowering, that strong-arm military or political power that we're all so used to is not how God decided to save the world and to continue to grow His kingdom. He used a much different way. And Jesus wanted us to be part of bringing His kingdom to earth as it is going to be and or as it is in heaven. And God's kingdom is all-encompassing in in its invitation. And this is where it's very unique to Christianity. Everybody is invited to be a part. It works mysteriously. We know God's kingdom works mysteriously, but in fact, it works actually. That means it's not not just a uh, metaphor. It literally literally works. It's actually working in the world as we speak. And it's also works in spite of a hostile and an evil empire, evil um, environment, evil people. God's kingdom can still work, even though there's evil in the world, even though there's hostility in the world. And it's always calling for a response from me and from you and from everybody. And that response is to join the mysterious but actual transformational work of God's kingdom, not only in my life personally, but also in the lives of others around the world. That's why we send people to Guatemala, that we have been transformed by Jesus, and we want to send a team to say, hey, through this act of building a house, we hope you will know Jesus, and your life can be transformed as well. It's part of God's kingdom work. So today we're going to look at two short parables that Jesus told right after now. You remember last week was Football Sunday, and we had a lot of fun with that. I hope some of you shared that video with other people, with some young people, I hope, and I hope you went and watched the one on justice. It was kind of lengthy, but it was fantastic. If you went and saw that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we t- the week before that, we talked about the parable of the weeds. And Jesus told that parable in Matthew's gospel. Then he told two short parables, which we're going to look at today. And then he explained the parable of the weeds, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago. So these are those two short parables that Jesus had right after he told the parable of the weeds. And uh, these two parables require us to think, to really reflect on, I know he's telling a story, but it's not necessarily about what he's talking about agriculturally. He's talking about something else spiritually that he's trying to get us to see. Now, what is that? Now, Jesus' audience, when he first told it, were thinking a lot of things about their environment, what was going on in their culture. And today, as you hear this from Matthew's Gospel... All of us are going to have different thoughts about what is Jesus saying to me and my culture and my day in 2021 about what that means for me and my life. What is that? Is he, what is he trying to say to me through these stories about seeds and dough? All right, so let's read. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 13. And uh, this is also in Mark and Luke, but we're going to look at Matthew's gospel today, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. There it is. Thank you very much. Read along with me. So he, Jesus, told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, 
so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using parables. Without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. There was a purpose for Jesus using parables. So this morning, to start us off, you may have heard that. Said, yeah, seed planted, yeah, dough, all that kind of stuff. But I want us to kind of, Mike helped me with the egg thing. So this morning, I want to help you with some object lessons. Are y'all good for that? All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Gracie to come on up here. And she's going to help me out. And Taylor's going to help me out. A couple of ladies. And I'm going to go get my stuff over here. And try not to spill it. Okay. Gracie. Thank you for doing this this morning. All right, so what I've got for you is I've got some gloves just in case, you know, and I need to put my mask on. Let's have my mask on. All right, I'm going to try to explain this to you. All right, so what you're going to do is you're going to take these seeds. I want you to just open that up in just a minute, and I want you to pour them in your hand and kind of show people you're not going to be able to see them. They're not mustard seeds, but they're really, really small. Now, Gracie, I have already planted those seeds in this little, it's got dirt in it, right? I'm not just saying that. And you're just going to kind of dig around in here with this or with a shovel. And I want you to try to find, without spilling it all over the table, I know you could do it that way, but try to find those seeds that I've already planted, okay? I want you to work on that. Thank you, all right? Then over here, Taylor, you got a little bit harder job, okay? You've got water, you've got a little thing. Now, y'all know what yeast is? It's usually in a red and yellow one, isn't it, right? Fleischmann's or Red Star, right? Now, I went the cheap route, and I got the great value. Everybody, anybody with me? Don't judge me. I'm just being frugal, not cheap. All right, so this is, that's what that is. And you got some scissors. You can trim that off, and you pour a little water in the cup, mix the yeast up. And then I've got dough here for you. It really is dough. Is that really dough? Really dough. So I want you to put the yeast in the dough, and I want you, you can use the gloves, and uh, you got some hand sanitizer afterwards. And uh I want you to go ahead and get that, that leaven in there, okay? So they're going to work on this. Have you found the seeds yet, Gracie? You're not trying very hard. You need to work harder on that. Just kidding. Okay, did, did she show you all the seeds? Okay, I need, you know what I'm going to do? I want you to pour them out on this, on here. Just kind of just pour them out on there, just, just a, maybe one or two. Can you all see those? Of course you can't. They're so tiny. They look like a piece of fingernail, okay? Maybe that's not a good illustration, but that's, that's, that's how small they are. They're little seeds, okay? But we all know the amazing thing about seeds is when you put them literally underground, something amazing takes place, does it? There's a transformation underground, and it eventually breaks through the ground, and it eventually turns into something that we all love, a tree, a flower, whatever it could be. Now, it could be something we don't love, like a weed, but... I'm just using, this is exactly what Jesus, these aren't mustard seeds, this is, these are, what are those? They're what? And you have a sister name. Okay, she has a sister named Daisy, I thought that's pretty interesting, all right? But these are little Shasta Daisy, tiny little things. Anybody ever grown daisies in your yard? Okay, they're beautiful, aren't they? But they come from this little tiny thing that you can't even see. All right, can we get up on the screen, or is that something you got to do? Now, can y'all show me? Can you show me that, that real quickly? Show me the, 
uh, seeds here of a mustard seed. There's a finger, and there's what mustard seeds really look like. Isn't that amazing? And those turn into something. All right, so obviously, with all that dirt in there and this tiny little seed, you're not going to be able to find it, are you? Okay? But that's the point that Jesus was making. All right, you go ahead and pour that in there. She's poured the yeast in there, okay? Yeah, just, yeah, just kind of do the best you can. And she's kneading it in there. All right, working that in there. So how many of y'all have done this? You got a lot of people that have done it, absolutely, okay? It's a process, right? Okay, make sure you get it all in there. Now, I want you to think about when Jesus was talking about this parable, he said, does anybody remember what the figure was? How many pounds? I heard you say it's 60. That's a lot more than that. That would be what, 12 five-pound bags. Can you imagine? She ain't cooking just for her and her husband, is she? She's cooking for somebody big, big, like the whole church or a whole army, whatever. That's, that's very representative. All right, keep going there. I need to get you a napkin or something, don't I? Yeah, that's going to be a problem. All right. So. Are you just going to take Yeah, just take the gloves off. That's what you can do. All right, you, you've got it in there good. You, you've got it. All right. Now what I would like you to do, you've kneaded it in. Now I would like you to squeeze the leaven out of it now. Right. You can't do that, can you? It's impossible. Once the leaven is in there, you can't get it out. So I want you to think as, as, she's, as we've all done that, what does that say about God's kingdom? What does that say about God's kingdom? Once it's in, it can't be taken out. All right, you can take your gloves off. Let's thank Taylor. Very good, Taylor. Thank you very much. All right. And Gracie, you've been a good sport too, and you haven't found those. But usually... Do, when you Have you planted seeds before? Please say yes. Thank you. All right. So do, do you usually go back and try to find them and pull them out? No, because there is a purpose in planting them, right? You want something to happen. So, all right. Let's give Gracie a hand. Thank you very much for being our assistant this morning. All right. Y'all can go sit down. Thank you very much for being good sports with that. Okay. Um, I know that may seem crazy, but it, it helps me illustrations help me, all right? So this is the reality. So let's go back. So what is Jesus saying? Let's start with the mustard seed. A man planted the mustard seed in his field, and he says, though, whenever you put a word though before what you're getting ready to say, that means there's something else, there's something more. He says, though it is the smallest of seeds, and you saw that picture, okay? Let's go back to that picture. Let's put the picture of the seeds up. Though it's the smallest of seeds, Jesus says, um, and that means, although it seems to be very small, very insignificant, and then the man planted it underground in a huge field. Can you imagine that? She's trying to find that seed in this little bucket. Could you imagine trying to find that seed in a big field? It's crazy. Why would you even try to do that? You planted it for a purpose for it to grow. You didn't plant it to go, let's go find it again. But he says it's buried underground, unseen, undetected, unnoticed. Now think again, what does that say about the kingdom of God? God's kingdom is planted like it seems small, very insignificant. Think about how Jesus came into the world as a baby, seemingly insignificant, born in a stable. And he was undetected, unnoticed for a long time. He didn't even start his ministry until he was 30 years old. And then the next says, yet there is something more. Though it is the smallest seed, there's something more. Although it's undetected, unseen, unnoticed, underground, buried... Yet, 
He says, when, not if. Notice he says, when it grows, not if it grows, but when. We know when you plant the seed, it is going to grow. It is the largest of all garden plants and becomes a tree that birds come and perch in its branches. All right? There is some mustard seeds. Now, there's several trees there all bunched together, but that's what it becomes. Okay? So, again, this tiny seed that y'all can't even see up here that looks like, it's almost like, it's even smaller than a grass seed. That's what it ends up becoming. And that's what Jesus... It seems insignificant at the time. Now, did that happen overnight? Of course not. It was a process where it got a little bit of green sprouting through the ground, then a little bit more, then a little bit more, and a little bit more. And we've watched that process. You ever remember planting something in your yard and you go, I remember when we planted that tree and it just came from, you know... The, the nursery in this little bucket, and now look at it. It's huge. We all remember that. Uh, what is, again, what is that saying about God's kingdom? It is literally, not virtually, it is literally growing all the time, even when we're not paying attention, even when we're not literally looking at it and maybe not detecting that it's growing. It is growing all the time. All right, let's see the next picture is actually a bird in a mustard tree. Looks like he's enjoying that. She, sorry, I don't know what it is, but it's a bird, okay? And that's what Jesus was talking about. The birds understand they can come, but from this tiny little seed, undetected, underground, it grows, and now, and then I think also him saying the birds will come and, and, and perch in it. It's also showing that everybody is welcome. It starts small, and it doesn't stay small, so it's only for a few people. Only the people that can get it. No, Jesus says the kingdom is start small, but is always growing so that we can welcome everybody, all the birds into it. That's the way the kingdom of God. And it's actual. That's not a virtual bird sitting on a virtual plant. That really does happen. We've seen it happen, right? That's what birds do. It really happens. And so that's what it tells us. That seed was planted with a purpose. That seed was expected to grow. It was expected to produce and make this plant and a place for birds. When a farmer or anyone takes a microscopic seed and plants it in the ground, then later sees it coming up, we get excited about that. I remember I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you remember with the little kids, you plant it in a Dixie cup, you know, kind of like this little cup right here. You put dirt in it. You know, that was a, a project we did. How many times did we do a project at school with a, you know, cup with dirt in it, all right? So that's, that's what it is. And you put a seed, but you see it coming up, and then you transfer it to a bigger one. And then eventually you put it outside. We all remember that. And we get excited about that. And seeing birds perching in a plant after you've planted it, probably the farmer, the man who planted this seed originally goes, this is what I had always hoped when I put that seed in the ground. I don't understand how it works. I buried it. Something goes on mysteriously, but actually happens. And now there is that plant and trees are coming. Wow, what an amazing thing. That is how God's kingdom works. God's kingdom is planted in the world. It may seem small. It may seem insignificant. It may seem unseen, unnoticed undetected, but later, and not virtually, but actually, it's growing all the time, always is growing, always is growing, even when we don't understand it, and it becomes so big that people are all a part of it, and that is an amazing truth, and I'm eternally grateful that God works like that, 
but he does work. Even though I don't understand it, even though I can't explain all of that, there's something that goes on within those seeds, and God has planted a seed in us, and he wants it to grow and to invite everyone to be a part of it. And again, there's that inclusion of everyone. No one is too small. No one is too insignificant. No one can be unseen in God's kingdom. No one is undetected or unnoticed. We can go through our world, and people don't notice us. We can feel like we're unseen. We can feel like we're undetected. And during this last year, and a lot of kids are struggling with this right now, that they feel like because they're working virtually, they're unseen, they're unnoticed. And a lot of us feel like that. Some people are at home by themselves. And God, Matthew's saying in this parable, Jesus was saying, no, everyone is significant and going to be a part of the growth of God's kingdom. And although the growth is mysterious from underground to above ground, it is actual Actual growth steadily happens. Results are clearly seen. That's how God's kingdom works. And it calls for a response. It calls for a response. When we see that, we have to respond to it. It calls for a response for us to trust the king and his kingdom. Now, we can look at the results and we can respond by rejecting it and say, Oh, well, that's, uh, that's just science. Just science. God created science. Just to let you know about that. Okay? Everything we discover in science is something God goes, oh, you already, you just now figuring that out? Because I created all of that. All of that you discover is what I've created, and you're just now figuring it out. Now, we can respond by rejecting or ignoring the clear results or say we don't believe them or try to explain them away, but the results will not go away. That plant is still there. Those birds are still in that mustard plant. They won't vanish. They won't stop coming. And God's kingdom does not stop working because people ignore it or reject its power or reject its growth and its results. It just sits there like a plant. When our folks in Guatemala finished building that house, people can say that really didn't happen, that we uh, doctored, that what do you call it, uh, photoshopped that picture in there. But we know, those people will know forever that they were a part of God's kingdom. That family will know forever that those people received a gift because of God's kingdom. It's actual. It really happens. Now let's talk about the yeast for a minute. It's like the yeast. That's over here, sorry. Okay, so it's like the yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds. Again, that's a lot. Anybody ever bake that much for that many people? That's a lot. 60 pounds. We usually grab a five-pound bag. At, you know, Kroger or Publix and throw it in our buggy, and we're, gosh, that's heavy. But can you imagine 12 and pouring that into some big thing? And this is not in our, you know, they don't have one of those big, huge mix masters like we have. She had to do this probably by hand. She's putting all this in and all the water, and interesting. And so God's kingdom is like yeast. You know what yeast actually is? Fungus, thank you, okay? <laughs> that's what it is. I know, we're the toenail for fingernail thing. Like, you just had to bring that up, didn't you? All right? But it, it actually is a type of fungus or fermentation that causes tiny pockets of carbon dioxide to fill up inside that dough. And you can't really see those, but they're literally there. How do we know that they're literally there? Because when we put it in the oven, what happens? It rises. We all, and everybody was saying that as I was speaking because you've seen it happen. It's not virtual, is it? It is an actual reality of how yeast works. And we know when we put it into dough and heats it, it causes the dough to rise. But I know, and I went to the Red Star Yeast website, and they kind of give you a history. And it's interesting. They say yeast can be considered man's oldest industrial microorganism. And again, it's interesting. They're giving it to man. But this is 
creation of God. It's likely that man used yeast before the development of a written language. Hieroglyphics suggest that the ancient Egyptian civilizations were using yeast in the process of fermentation to produce alcoholic beverages and to leaven bread over 5,000 years ago. The biochemical process of fermentation that is responsible for these actions was not understood exactly and undoubtedly looked by early man as a mysterious and even magical phenomenon. Now, they're saying that, but I bet those people knew what was going on. I bet they knew a little bit more about chemistry than we give them credit for. But Levin mentioned in the Bible was a soft dough-type medium kept from, listen to this, kept from one bread baking session to another. A small portion of this dough was used to start or leaven each new lot of bread. So, did they have this? Could you get this at your Jerusalem Walmart? No, you could not. They didn't have this. So what they did is they would take a little pinch, and y'all know this, I know you know this, but this is fascinating when I really think about what Jesus was saying about the kingdom. He would take a little pinch of the leaven dough, and you'd set that aside for what? The next time you were going to make bread. Now, the thought came to my mind is, what if you, you know, have your kid goes, I need you to make, bake the bread, and your kid forgets to take that little lump out for the next one, and you come home, and you go, did you bake the bread? Yes. Where's the, where's the leaven for next time? Oh, I forgot and I left it in there. Then you have to go to your neighbor and borrow. You know, I'm sure that happened. But what is interesting is, is a little piece of that is saved for the next time. And you just keep passing it on, passing it on, passing it on. What does that say about God's kingdom? The reason we are here today is because people have been pinching off a little bit of God's kingdom and passing it on to the next generation, and passing it on to the next generation, and passing it on to the next generation. And we're all sitting here because the disciples did a really good job of that, didn't they? They kept passing that on over and over again. Now, we know a guy named Louis Pasteur, remember that guy? He actually invented, you know, helped through the invention of microscopes, say this stuff is really all around us, even though we can't see it, it's really around us, and that's how we kind of figured out how to do this, and put it in packets and make it a lot easier for us spoiled um, 21st century people. But that's just the way it is. So we understand that. So again, what does all that say about God's kingdom? Again, it's mysterious, that whole process of yeast, isn't it? I can sit here and read it and tell you, oh, it's got a carbon dioxide, and I sound really important, like I know what I'm talking about. I don't understand that. I just know it works. I just know when I put bread in the oven, it rises. I know if I put this... In the oven later, it will rise like it always has every time, which means God's kingdom forms mysteriously like dough or grapes, but actually produces bread and wine. That's how it works. It always has since the beginning of time. And God is saying, my kingdom has always worked that way and will always work that way. The results are obvious. Even when we don't understand the process or we think the process is working too slow. Do any of y'all think the process is working too slow right now in our world? Yes, but guess what? God's going, oh no, I, didn't, I forgot about what was going on in the world. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, be patient. I understand there is a process. I understand what's going on. Yes, it's mysterious to you right now, but it is actually working, and it may be slow. You want your Dixie cup plant to be right here tomorrow, but it's not going to be that way. I'm teaching you something along the way about my kingdom. And I think it's also significant that God picked a woman in this parable to be the baker. She's not just doing it for her household. This is a baker, a lady that's baking, you know, a lot for a lot of people. And Jesus uses a woman as the character. And again, in this culture, Jesus is saying something about the kingdom of God. 
God's kingdom is inclusive of all people. Even if in that culture they were looked at as maybe insignificant. Even in the temple, oh, the men can go here, but y'all have to stay back here. All that kind of stuff. Jesus is addressing all these issues constantly in his teachings. And again, this 60 pounds of flour is saying it's for the whole world. It's not for an exclusive group. It's for everybody. It's including everybody. And the work of the yeast was a process that had to be worked into what? All of the dough. You see how Taylor had to do this? Y'all have done that. It's a process. You got to put it in there. If you just put it in there and just throw it in the oven, what could happen? Well, maybe one section would rise and maybe another. But you got to work it into the dough. But it eventually gets in there when you work it. It's a process. And God's saying, I'm working in you. I'm working in all of you. And it's a process. All of us are at different seasons in our life. We're at different places in our life where we're trying to understand who God is and what he's doing in our life. And even in our world. I'm trying to figure out what he's doing in our world right now. Are y'all? I mean, obviously, we wonder what is going on. But I have to trust. If I trust the king and I trust his kingdom, I can get a little bit worried. But what did Jesus say about worry? Don't. Did y'all listen to my sermon a few weeks ago? Don't. He said, don't. I've got this. It may not go the way you think it's going. It may not go fast enough as you think it should be going. But it is going. God is in control. So I think that's interesting. So we know that that's how they, uh, they did it then with a little pinch. And now we have this thing to pass it on. Um, but in, think about in terms of God's kingdom. Every generation, as I've already mentioned this, every generation has passed that on. And now it's our responsibility to keep a little bit of the yeast that we've learned about God's kingdom. And we need to pass that on to our kids, to our grandkids, to all the new generation. No, God's kingdom is still real. No matter how smart you think you are in this culture... God is still working and you still need him and you still need his kingdom and it's working even if you don't recognize it. And think about the kingdom of God, how it's worked into people. And Jesus literally, now we think about putting that bread in an oven and that hot air of the oven makes it rise, okay? But when Jesus sent his disciples out right after his resurrection, do you remember what Jesus did? In the 20th chapter of John, Jesus in resurrected form came into the presence of the disciples. I think this was the third time he came into their presence. And he says, again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I'm taking a little piece of this dough and I'm sending you out to, to, to keep it going. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Think about that and dough. He didn't put it in an oven. He literally breathed on his disciples. And what does that stand for? The Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit, when we start to understand just a little bit about what God's kingdom is like, and someone has taken a pinch and invested it in us, and God breathes on us the Holy Spirit, then it starts to increase in us and rise in us and makes us want to say, hey, I want to take a pinch and give that to somebody else. I don't want to keep it for myself. I want everybody to enjoy this bread. I want everybody to enjoy this kingdom. And this happens even in the midst of hostile and and evil environments and people. God's kingdom will not fail in its process. Just like seeds never fail to produce and bread never, when you get that leaven in there, it never fails to rise. God's kingdom never fails in its process. And I believe that's just a little bit about what Jesus is saying in this parable. Now, hopefully, as y'all leave here today, I hope... At lunch, I hope as you're driving in the car, as you're sitting around doing whatever you're doing this afternoon, you'll start thinking about this and go, hey, I wonder if that parable also meant this. Because that, this is one of these parables, y'all, that Jesus did not tell what the, he 
he didn't give the interpretation of it. Remember, he gave the interpretation of some of this one he didn't because I think he wants us to think about all these different things that we know what we've talked about today, but there's other things that probably right where you were sitting right now, you said, I never thought about it that way. And you're thinking of something that you could come up here and share with us. And we go, oh, how cool is that? Exactly. That's how God's kingdom is. But again, I want us to keep in mind, this: it's, it's available to all. God's kingdom is available to all. It's not figurative. It is literally actually working, even if it's working in a mysterious way. And it works even in, an, in and in spite of hostile and evil environments. And we have some evil and hostile environments in our world, don't we? And guess what? God's kingdom is still working. God's kingdom is still working. So